Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. How to find ideas? Content creators often ask me where to find ideas, how to create something new, because today it's important to be unique, to create something uh, valuable and new for users. But not always the case. <laughs> That's why I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Angie Kolik. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Thanks so much for having me on the show. Yeah, it's a big pleasure because I want to learn more about that. Uh, and uh, I agree. I completely agree because Elon Musk didn't create Tesla. Apple didn't create a smartphone. They mm -hmm. just took existing products and developed and innovated them. So we have today awesome gadgets because of developing and innovating. Let's talk more about that. Before we start, just tell, tell more about yourself, experience, background, and why you decided to share with us about this topic. Yeah, so I have been um, in marketing for over a decade at this point, um, and I have run some writing teams for some really big names that you would probably recognize. I've been in charge of multi-million dollar campaigns, coast-to-coast -coast PR, all kinds of stuff. Um, and I think what I learned the most is that there's nothing new under the sun. There's only your unique spin on it. And the funny thing is, as I moved from marketing into more of coaching and working with entrepreneurs on their own business growth, I started to see that a lot of us get hung up on this idea that we have to create something brand spanking new in order for the world to sit up and take notice. And I'm so glad you brought up Apple because when I say smartphone, everybody thinks iPhone, right? But what was the, the first smartphone? blackberry does anybody remember yeah. blackberry I, I know that they're still around but that's just proof positive that you can and granted yes apple has lots of resources and millions of dollars in, in research and development but that just goes to show you that you could be the second to market you could be the third to market and you can innovate and iterate and come up with your own take on it that people fall in love with it doesn't have to be brand new from the ground up never been done before and i think if you can release yourself from that pressure to come up with you know, to be an Elon Musk or a Jeff Bezos or something like that, that you can go a lot farther, a lot faster. Nice, nice. Yeah, love it, love it. Yeah, agree with that. Uh, I remember uh, Nokia had strong positions, you know, and it was hard to imagine that Apple or any other company can uh, overcome Nokia. Yeah. And I don't know, Nokia still exists. Yeah, it, it exists but not uh, with the strong positions. They changed the strategy because uh, they felt that uh, buttons uh, will uh, <laughs> appeal <Yeah>. forever, but <laughs> we see that people prefer uh, touchpad, you know, uh, I love it. Even, you know, it's interesting. Um, when I bought iPhone for my mom, mm -hmm. she started to use fast. You know, uh, I didn't explain a lot how to use it, and uh, but uh, I spent some time to explain about mm -hmm. buttons, what you need to click. But with <laughs> iPhone, it, because of the simplicity, because of uh, user-friendly design, yeah, it's not hard. Mm -hmm. Angie, can you tell how it's important to simplify user experience? You know, it's interesting. You know, uh, I remember uh, when I first met uh, Zoom, someone mm -hmm. told me, we can uh, connect on Zoom uh, and uh, I replied, I have no time to register. I have no, you don't need it. Just use this link. That's it. Wow. Yeah, really. Yeah. I, I had a conversation on Zoom, 
then uh, I found TikTok. Now on TikTok, you don't need to register. You you everything what you need just to open TikTok and you can watch all these videos. If mm -hmm. you wanna create content, yeah, okay, you need to register to submit information. But for uh, the goal of using, you don't need it. Can you yeah. tell about simplicity? How it's important to simplify user experience in marketing? Absolutely, because I think that our instinct is to wow people as creators. Like we really want to put together something special, and again, that tends to lead to this overcomplication. We want to add more, 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 right? Less is more became a thing precisely because of our tendency, I think, to add more, to think that adding more adds value. And the further that I've gone in business, the more I realize, especially as I joined like high level masterminds, the people that were paying the most to get into the private rooms really wanted to cut out everything and focus on the simplest thing, the thing that would take them the least time, the thing that would cut straight to the heart of the matter without any fluff. Um, I'll give you an experience about uh, when I was on a team a while back and they had to have a VPN, right? A lot of us have to have that when we're working abroad. Safety, protect all of your documents, all of that stuff. But it's not beyond me. But the recommended VPN at the time looked like it was straight out of the 90s. And I remember that I think on the like 10th or maybe 15th step of just trying to download this thing and install it so that I could access my files. And I was on site at a conference, so I was aggravated. I was about ready to flip a table. And I was like, you know what? I just want one where I can push the button to download, sign up my account and go. And so if you can think about like what people are, what they really want from you, do they want you to walk them through step-by-step? Step? Do they want 5 billion features? Not necessarily. They just want you to solve their problem. And if you show them that you can do it and maybe even have fun in the process, they're really going to remember you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, nice, valuable. Okay, let's talk about uh, uniqueness. It's interesting, mm -hmm. for example, when uh, I'm going to watch a new movie, I can read customers' reviews. I can ask my friends about a new movie and I often get a reply, nothing special. The same. Yep. We had the same plot. Uh, I met the same issue with books you know uh, sometimes when you take the book you can get the same inside generic inside and for me it's important to get something new can you tell if you don't need to create uniqueness how to uh, adapt ideas to provide something unique for your customers because it's not replicating others it's more about to uh, provide this uniqueness any insights about that Yes, absolutely. I think, you know, in the quest for uniqueness, we can often get hung up a little bit. And I know that I have told, I've had people go, I got this great idea. I want to put it out in the market. And what if other people copy me? And I say, if you're focused on being you and you're focused on bringing that uniqueness, then everybody else looks like a poor imitation because you were the leader and they're just trying to follow you. So what do I say when I mean uniqueness? I mean, you. I mean, as corny as it sounds, you are a completely unique individual among billions on the planet. And even though we may have had some similar life experiences, traveled to some similar places, followed similar paths, our backgrounds, where we grew up, the environment that we were raised in, all of our individual experience and choices, our job path, all of that shaped us into completely unique individuals with all the overlap. So often, in my perspective, the uniqueness that you bring to the picture is not something completely new that's never been done before. It's your take on this thing. Why you? Why now? Um, what excites you about this? What is fun about this? 
Um, I think one of the first marketers that I followed, I loved him because he called himself the rebel marketer, John Carlton. He didn't want mm-hmm. to be a stuffy suit guy. And I was like, I'm going to learn from that guy because I got lots of tattoos and piercings and I want to be a rebel marketer mm-hmm. too. He didn't teach mm-hmm. anything that was absolutely brand new, never before, before heard of in marketing. That wasn't the rebel. It was the brand. It was, I don't have to be tied down. I don't have to be the typical marketer that you see out there. And that was what appealed to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. Uh, once I read the book uh, with uh, Damon John, you know, mm-hmm. he is one of the producers in uh, Shark Tank, uh, famous show. Uh, he created uh, his brand, uh, uh, well-known brand. Uh, and, you know, it's interesting. On his book, he highlighted about a girl. Um, this girl uh, didn't have any friends. She was mm-hmm. so an uh, introvert, you know. Uh, and once she decided to post content about herself uh, on Tumblr and many other websites, a million people started to follow her because million people are the same. You know, right? uh, you don't need to be extrovert to uh, share about yourself. You you can be yourself and you highlighted it's important to be yourself, not to copy others. And I often see when content creators copy others. No, you don't need to sing on TikTok, uh, dance on TikTok. And we know some well-known TikTokers don't do it. They have Mm -hmm. million followers. Uh, And uh, it's uh, more simpler to copy yourself, you know, to be yourself than copy others. So can you tell uh, how to start if you don't know? uh, For example, okay, I want to be myself. I don't want to copy others, but uh, but I need to start where to find ideas uh, and go ahead with that. Yeah, I think the first step is to start where you feel comfortable with ideas that feel good to you. And I know that that's kind of a high level concept, but if you decide that you want to, you know, say for instance, this is my personal experience, um, that you haven't seen enough of your home country, the United States, and that you want to pack up your cat and drive your car around the United States, staying six weeks at a time and exploring different places while conducting business, Well, that's authentic to me. That was my instinct. I didn't know how it was going to play out. I didn't have a master plan for how I was going to market this once I hit the road. It was just something that I wanted to do that felt right. And so I followed that instinct. Now, have some of the places I've stopped been not great? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But have I had so many adventures and learned so many things while I was on the road? Yes, it was a great choice for me. And I learned exactly what I want out of travel, out of business. And it actually taught me the most important lesson out of business, which is, have you ever heard of Parkinson's law? I'm just going to throw this one out as a little bonus. Parkinson's law is this concept that the task that you're trying to do will take the amount Mm -hmm. of time that you give it. Right. And when I first started traveling, it was before the COVID vaccines were available. So there were still a lot of like lockdown protocols in place, a lot of limited access. So if I went to a place and I wanted to see, say, the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, I had to go to the one appointment that was available while I was there, even if it was a random Wednesday at 10 a.m. But what I learned from that was if I carved out time to go to meetings with friends, to explore different landmarks that I wanted to see, and I made the remaining work fit into the time that was left, I got Mm -hmm. really, really efficient at both living my life and doing the work. And I actually found out that maybe we should be building work into our lives instead of life into our work. So all of that to say, you know, you don't have to be an extrovert. I'm glad that you pointed that out too, because I know I was in a mastermind group with someone recently 
who is a brilliant business coach, brilliant business coach. And she posts fantastic content every day, but she's got such a corporate background that it would come across as, you know, buttoned down and, and it didn't really stand out because there wasn't a perspective. There wasn't a take on it. It wasn't really different from anything else out there. And all of our colleagues were pushing her to tell more personal stories, share more of your personal life. And you could see her visibly shut down. She was like, I don't like that. So we dug into that and she said, I'm just a very private person. I don't want to talk about the depth of my feelings and what's going on in my personal life. I feel like something should be reserved for me. And I said, that's exactly what you should lean into. Do you know how to be authentic and vulnerable and unique while also maintaining your privacy? Tell your people about your struggle with privacy and how much you want to reveal. Start talking about that. Like, I know that you have to be a real person, that you have to share what works for you and what's special and unique about you. And I don't want to tell people about the story. Here's what I want to talk about instead. It was like, that's a way to still be very, very real. While, sorry, I've got some cats in the background. Yeah, that's okay. No worries about that. Yeah, love it, love it. Awesome, awesome. Okay, you know, I opened your LinkedIn profile and mm -hmm. you know, uh, I found interesting quote, you know, uh, your experience, confidence coach for creative entrepreneurs and the name of company permission to kick ass. Yes. Now, sometimes, you know, sometimes I need it. Sometimes, you know, I can feel that, uh, you know, um, I remember when Bill Gates told, uh, if I want to create something new, uh, he will hire lazy people. No, because lazy people will find the way how to uh, do this fast, you know, uh, to uh, use automation, many other things. Because, you know, um, uh, I remember uh, in, in my company, I had an employee uh, who didn't change anything for five years you know uh and i didn't have time to check out all these reports because we uh develop other products and i found what's going on five years the same uh manual job uh, it's boring it's not interesting so can you tell about this uh, permission to kick ass how to do it the correct way without hurting feeling or uh some internal voice <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, permission to kick ass, I, I think ties in perfectly to what we've been talking about all along with being unique and owning what's special about you. And and I will argue that even if you feel like nothing is special about you, absolutely something is special about you. You've got something to say that could be the one way, the one approach, the one thought process that makes it click for another person. And if you can break it down, instead of thinking about, I've got to impact millions of people or billions of people to have a positive impact on the world, I can just impact one person around me at a time. And if they go out and they share that and they impact one person at a time, that's potentially like exponential results. But you know, that also kind of ties into the feeling like I needed to come up with something new and unique that had never been heard of before. And that was how I was going to make it, you know, and I was talking to my my mentor, it's a man by the name of Kevin Rogers one day, and he was encouraging me to post more in this forum that I had paid for membership in. I'd paid for membership in, but I wasn't saying anything. I was just lurking and watching other people. And he goes, can you I'm just curious, why aren't, why aren't you posting in there? And I was like, well, there's, you know, that brilliant person and that brilliant person. And I can't compare to anything that they're saying. I don't have anything to add to this conversation. And he said, well, first of all, you don't have to be them. 
to be awesome. Just be you. It's like, second of all, I feel like you're waiting for permission to go out there and help people. Like you need to be anointed an expert before you can actually do anything. And I'm going to tell you right now, you don't actually need permission to do this. You can just go out and start helping people knowing exactly what you know right here, right now, without doing anything extra. And you can learn as you go. And in case you are waiting for someone to give you permission, in case you're still skeptical, I, Kevin Rogers, hereby anoint you, Angie Coley, expert enough, go out there and help people. And then I started contributing to this forum. I started answering the questions that I could answer. I left behind the ones that I couldn't. Um, I started working on things that felt good, learning to trust that instinct. Um, and before long, it was really weird. I remember the first time someone sent me a private message and they were like, well, you're the expert in this. Can I get your take? And I was like, well, hold on. <laughs> when, did, <laughs> when did I graduate? I don't remember walking across the stage and getting my degree and I am expert enough to do this. And so that led to, I have a show called Permission to Kick Ass. I'm working on a book called Permission to Kick Ass. And that really just unlocked a whole lot of things for me, because especially in the culture that I grew up in, it was very much, you know, there's a there's a path. Follow the path. Follow all the steps. You'll wind up in magical happy land. We won't tell you exactly how it all works, but just follow the path. Do what we told you to do and you'll get there. And I was never happy doing what I was doing. And I was so upset all the time because I was like, I'm following the steps. I'm doing what I was told. Why am I not getting the happiness I deserve? And that was because I didn't have permission in my own mind to live life the way I wanted to, even if it didn't look like a life that somebody else wanted or approved of. Um, and so I'm forever grateful for that one conversation. It's led to what I believe is a movement that you don't need permission to do these things. And obviously, don't go out and be a jerk about it. Don't go... You know, I feel like burning down someone's house today. So I'm going to do that. Angie said, that is not what I'm saying. <laughs> but if nice. you decide that you want to create a new product and launch it tomorrow and there's nothing to stop you, do it. See what happens. And then remember that nobody became an overnight success. It, all the overnight successes that you see are years and years, if not decades in the making. And one day after a lot of consistent showing up and doing the work, they did the thing that took off and that really got attention in a big way. I liken it to planting an orchard, right? For many, many years, you are going to water those trees, feed those trees, weed those trees, protect them from pests, and they are not going to produce a single thing for you for years. But once they produce, that abundance of fruit drops down. You can walk through that orchard, picking fruit up off the ground, shaking the trees, watching it fall. So you've just got to show up and consistently do the thing that you feel like you were called to do, the way that you feel like you should do it. Grow, get better, iterate every day. And after a while, things will start to click. It's beautiful. <laughs> that made me laugh so hard. Yeah, I, I agree with that, you know, 100%. Uh, I don't know how to achieve short results, overnight success. And, um, you know, once uh, I read why people uh, don't, uh, you know, why they give up. Uh, yeah. Um, it's interesting. Uh, most people uh, even don't start because they can't create perfect content. They can't create perfect product. Uh, I don't know how to do it, really. <laughs> uh, nobody knows. Uh, I think it takes time to create. Even if you have the best experience, uh, you need to develop, innovate, and go ahead. Um, uh, most content creators, 
don't record the second podcast because they can't get results with the first one. Uh, mm-hmm. they don't write the second article because they can't get success with the first one. Guys, I don't know how to do it. It takes time to improve confidence, experience, to go ahead, to fail many times. Let's talk about failures. And you yeah. mentioned uh, about uh, achieving uh, results with, like with patience, to have patience. I remember PewDiePie, he uh, filmed 100 videos to get the first uh, 285 subscribers. Today mm-hmm. he has 100 millions. Mr. Beast posted content for a year and a half to get the first thousand subscribers. Today, mm-hmm. Everyone knows about Mr. Beast. These guys didn't give up because of loving what you do. And uh, you, I think uh, passion can lead you ahead. For example, I can play basketball, ping pong the whole day. I'm not waiting when someone will pay money for my hobby because it's my hobby. I think content creation is the same. You yep. need to love your uh, content creation process. If you enjoy the process, then the results will come. That's why I usually against best practices because mm-hmm. you know best practices are good for someone. But if I'm not good with filming, why I need to film content? Uh, yeah. Probably I love writing. So can you tell how to go ahead with patience? How long does it take? Because yeah, it takes uh, years, uh, sometimes decades. So <laughs> any insights about learning from failures and uh, having this patience? Absolutely. And you know, here's another bonus that something it's weird how topics keep like coming up and circling. So I feel like the theme for this month is something that I'm calling me centric versus mission centric. And when you get in your head and you're like, okay, this content isn't working. I've been at this for a couple weeks, but I'm not seeing any results. And it's a lot of work to put this out there. Why am I working this hard if I'm not going to see results? What's just happened is you've become focused on me. I'm not getting the results I want. Nobody's paying attention to me. What do I have to do? I am suffering. You're very focused on yourself. And that's not a judgment. We all go there. It is human. Self-compassion, right? When you can focus back on the mission, and if you don't have one, I think the mission and the passion are very closely tied together. And that's not something that we talk about a lot. So if your mission is, for instance, to help people with creative businesses lead an unconventional life, doing what they want, getting paid what they want, then you start a show called Permission to Kick Ass. And here's the thing. Like when I started that show, it was just leaning into a strength. I love talking to people in case you can't tell. Like I love being on and talking with people and telling stories and being all animated and stuff like that. So a podcast was a natural medium for me. So I researched it. I didn't just wing it. I was like, here's who I want to reach with this show. Here's what I think I want to talk about. Um, Here are the kinds of guests that I want on. Then I started researching about podcast success and I came across the statistic that it usually takes or or most podcasts don't last more than seven episodes. And so Mm -hmm. I I went, all right, okay, this is this is the long game. My first goal is to make 10 episodes. Then I'm going to get to 20 and then I'm just going to keep going until this thing takes off. And has this had a million downloads? Is it the next Joe Rogan? I don't know. It's not there yet, but it could be pretty special. We just hit our 100th episode and it was just one step at a time of. The goal was to help entrepreneurs who felt like they were watching everybody else win and like they were screw ups who couldn't get things right and that they were just never going to understand this. And I wanted to bring on a whole bunch of entrepreneurs from every kind of industry from beginning to like I spoke to a nine figure CEO not long ago. 
and talk to them about their struggles, their mistakes, their setbacks, their failures, their surprises, and show people that are listening that want to start businesses that they're not alone. They're not screwing it up. We're all doing the best that we can at any given moment, given what we've got, um, and that it's going to be okay as long as you just keep going. Yeah, I remember when Gary V uh, shares about that, he told, even if you do anything wrong for five years, it's only the beginning of your journey. <laughs> so yes. Five years without any results. Uh, once I, I forget the name of this guy, he's a close friend to Jeff Bezos, and he shared a story that he failed uh, 14 years. Mm-hmm. 14 years he couldn't sell any products today he's a billionaire uh, he has uh, companies in 56 companies around the world thousand employees and he couldn't achieve results for 14 years but yep. he, his idea he developed innovated so yeah i think uh, uh it's not about overnight success it's more about loving what you do because you know once I decided to uh, start the project uh, for the sake of earning money. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, I wasted resources for three years. Uh, I loved Friday. I hated Monday. <laughs> you know, yeah. I didn't work with this project because, you know, uh, I felt that uh, after three years, I got it. Uh, I need to quit. I did it. You know, uh, uh, after that, I started to love Monday again <laughs> because mm-hmm. uh, of not chasing some vacuum metrics uh, and for me uh, it's important to uh, do something that you like when you yeah. enjoy the process then you can work more than eight hours a day you can work on saturday on sunday at night because you know it's happy it's a yeah. hobby it's my hobby it's my uh, love so i can go ahead with that i completely agree with that okay let's talk about consistency you mentioned mm-hmm. you about this uh, amazing word I, I agree i love consistency so can you tell what consistency means because i see two different approaches first approach uh, gary v he told you need to post as maximum as possible if you can do 24 hours a day do it if you mm-hmm. can't do less but do uh, as much as possible the second approach like brian did uh, he creates super high quality content super high quality but it, it uh, he uh, writes article like um, uh, one time a, a month but mm-hmm. the most uh, super high quality content uh, so uh, what we can see gary v creates content at scale with quantity but uh, Brandin posts uh, content once a month uh, mm-hmm. with super high quality content. Uh, can you tell how to find the balance between uh, quality and quantity in your approach? <laughs> Again, that's going to go back to following your own gut instinct, setting some goals, and then taking action toward that goal, and then stepping back without judgment to the best of your ability and evaluating how it's working. So it's one thing to set your goal to produce content 24-7 like Gary Vee, and it's another to use that as a a bat to beat yourself with if and when you fall short, which Gary Vee is a superhuman. Of course he can produce like that. And also he's gotten to the point in his business where he's got 
a whole crew and support teams to help him create and beyond like that. He's not doing it all himself like many entrepreneurs. Um, so if you aim for that and for some reason you fall short, then I think the goal is, okay, so I set my target to produce X pieces of content a day like Gary Vee, and I only produced one this week. What happens? Where did that not go according to plan? Did I have a plan in place or was I just winging it every day and thinking the ideas will come to me if I if I commit to doing this? Um, and that's a valid approach. Some people are really good at going, well, I'm just going to commit to posting once a day. And that's the first thing that I have to do in the morning. And they just use that pressure to come up with ideas and keep themselves moving. Then there are folks like me that I know over time, uh, I call that like the nickel and diming of ideation, right? Because you commit to, I'm gonna write an email and I'm gonna post today and I'm gonna have this meeting and you're doing like one little thing toward each of these directions a day until it gets overwhelming and one day you have a bad day and you wake up sick and it's like, I don't wanna do any of this and you didn't have a plan so now you've missed, right? So. All of it, I'm a planner, obviously. I like to have a plan that I can deviate from. I don't always follow it, but planning sets me up for success. I'm sorry, my cat really wants out. Uh, that's okay. Oh, it's, it's familiar sound for me. I know, <laughs> they need food. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought I could calm her down, but she got even more insistent. But, um, yeah. you know, for me, the commitment came from going, okay, well, I'm gonna, redu I'm gonna release one weekly podcast. And then I had to learn how I produce things best. It's a lot of work behind the scenes to put on a podcast. So like, cheers to you, Anatoly. This is a lot of work to coordinate these guys. Don't, don't let him making it look easy fool you. It's a lot of work. Um, and I got paranoid after those first 10 episodes that somebody wasn't going to show up, that they were going to leave me in the lurch scrambling for content. So I started recording ahead. And then I accidentally, in four months, recorded enough content for the entire year. And then I start, I was like, oh, oh, okay, this, this works. We've got a system here. We've got a plan. And there was no way when I started recording the podcast for me to know that that was how it was going to go. I just started with, I'm starting a podcast. I'm going to release episodes weekly. I need to get that first 10 so that I don't become the stops and seven statistic. And then we're just going to figure the rest out as we go. And we did. I just released my hundredth episode last week. Nice. It's a process. <laughs> Awesome, awesome, awesome. Love it, love it. Um, again, I opened your LinkedIn profile and I found that you can uh, provide consultancy for brands. So mm -hmm. can you tell how to create the right brand strategy? Because, you know, uh, I often uh, uh, communicate with many different customers, uh, companies, and I found many of them create generic strategy. They mm -hmm. check out competition see what they do and uh, if they get seo traffic they come to seo if they get instagram uh, they go to instagram but it's not good idea because uh, your competitors might uh, consider their strong sides mm -hmm. uh, and if it's not your strong side it's better to find something else so tell about your methods how to create brand strategy to create brand awareness yeah, I'm glad that you brought that up, too, because that's the typical method. And that's another thing that I rebelled against hardcore, that I've got to do this analysis and look at all of what my competitors are doing and, and pick a spot where I can stand out. And does that feel manufactured to anybody else? Like, 
I got put in the box that was available that I discovered from my research instead of doing something that seems really exciting and interesting and is a problem that I actually want to solve. So I think that goes back to kind of that me-centric versus mission-centric. And I was glad that you mentioned money earlier too, doing things for money, because how often do we do things for money and then when the money isn't coming through, we quit because that was the only reason we were doing it, right? So if you have that mission, that thing that you are trying to achieve that overarches what you're trying to do right now, think that's much more powerful and motivator than money. And you will find a way to make the money come if your mission is strong enough. So to tie that back into branding, you know, are you the person that finds a gap in the market to exploit so you can make money? Or are you the person that finds a problem that you want to help people solve? Um, you know, I, I like to have people think of me as their biggest, like maniacally laughing cheerleader over here in the corner shrieking, you can do the thing and you can do it how you want to do it. And that's how I want to be remembered. And does that sound like every other business coach out there? No. Hmm. Is it going to scare some people away from working with me as a marketing consultant or a business coach? Probably. And that's okay. Like I want people that want the high energy, that want the adventure. I want people who, and this actually happened last year. It made me so happy. Well, join me out in the desert of Las Vegas to drive bulldozers because I figured I could probably teach somebody something about business if we drove bulldozers. <laughs> and it turns <laughs> out I was right. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> nice. Okay, Angie, I have the question about common mistakes. Can you list mistakes that companies, brands still do and how to find a much better way? Yeah, uh, mistakes in terms of like how they market themselves or setting up the brand or... Uh, about creating brand awareness. Yeah, I think one of the biggest mistakes that's still a thing is, is that they focus too much on like the deliverables. We got to get the branding. We got to get the colors right. We got to get the logo. We got to get the business cards printed. We got to get the website set up. And I think all of that is great to have if you are clear on your mission. If you are not clear on your mission and who you are and who you work with, then that's a really expensive way to get dressed, you know, to try on a coat and decide, well, that didn't fit. I spent a whole lot of money on it and now I got to go in a new direction. And I know that's how I started my business because I believed that you had to do all of that external fit. You had to look like a business, right? You can't look like this, the tattooed sweary weirdo. Um, but you can look like this because there's a lot of people out there that want to work with weird tattooy sweary people. Um, and there are people that want to work with button down people. And there are people that want to work with folks that are obsessed with rep rescuing cats or travel. So starting with the mission and what's special and what's unique around you and the problems that you want to solve and what brings you joy and lights you up about solving these problems for people. That's where to start with the branding, I think, because you could change your brand a hundred times, but people are still going to remember working with you. Mm -hmm. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. Angie, uh, let's imagine you started from scratch without any experience, knowledge, skills, completely from scratch, what will you do to learn more about uh, creating brand awareness? Hmm, creating brand awareness. Well, if I'm starting from scratch, what is my goal? Is it to create brand awareness or is it to create revenue for myself so that I can start to build this business? I would argue that it would be to bring in revenue versus building the brand right away. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that's, and especially folks that trade in knowledge, consulting, um, digital products, things like that are taught inbound marketing first to bring 
business to them, right? You got to get your funnel in place. You got to get your website. You got to get your Facebook ads. You got to build your list, all of that stuff. And so I, I see people fall into this trap where they're working on getting all of that just perfect for years. And they've not once had a conversation with somebody about exchanging money to help solve this problem. Um, and that's really where you test your ideas in real time. Can you get someone to give you money to help them solve this problem, to create this product? If you can't do that, then I would argue focusing on the brand is counterproductive at this point. And the way that I like to think of it is if you've got to eat and your, build, your business is, is the tool that's going to help you eat, right? And you plop down in the middle of nowhere with no resources, no connections, no grocery store. What do you got to do first? You got to hunt and gather. You got to go out there and get it. And that's how you start business. You go out there and you have conversations. You tell people, I've started a business. This is what I'm doing now. Do you know anybody that needs help? Oh, or, oh, I heard you say that you were working on this. What are you working on? And starting those conversations and saying, actually, I, I just started a business doing that. Let me know if you want to hop on a quick call and start that process of getting comfortable asking for the business because that is the hunting and gathering stage, which you can do alongside building your brand, which is planting your crops, right? Yeah. <laughs> And the crops, as we talked about with the orchard, you know, that's going to take a little bit of, of nurturing, of watering, and then it's going to produce for you. And that's going to become your inbound marketing where people come to you. But first, you've got to go to the people and tell them what you're working on and get good at having those conversations. And then you might be surprised when you start to get good at that, what comes out of this. Like I mentioned earlier, and I don't know if I made it clear, but permission to kick ass was not my original concept. It's something that my mentor gave to me. And I told him, oh, I am so stealing that. That is brilliant. Thank you. But permission to kick ass came from going out there and doing the work and having the conversations. It wasn't something that I started with, if that makes sense. Nice, nice. Yeah, I love it. Love it. Yeah, you need to build relationships. And uh, most customers don't buy from unrecognizable brands. So yep. if you can help, if you can support people before selling any products. So yeah, you can give a strong reason to buy from you. <laughs> That's mm -hmm. why yeah, creating brand awareness is very important. Uh, Angie, I have the final question. Okay. Uh, can you predict the future that will come uh, in uh, marketing field, uh, branding field? Uh, because many things are coming. AI, augmented reality, metaverse, uh, name them, a lot, a lot. So what kind of future will be and how to adapt today to this future? Mm. Actually, I was just reading and I can't remember exactly which book it was, but I, I remember the phrase stuck out to me that the winners of the future are going to be those who have the ability to learn, unlearn and relearn. And I think that that's totally true because I see a lot of folks, especially in marketing in my industry, they're getting hung up on AI. And I was like, well, automations and things like that have been around forever. I mean, that's that's one of the things that really helped me get good at marketing was email automations and recognizing the power of creating that asset that goes out and gets money continuously without me having to expend additional effort. But if you think that you can pull a blockbuster, and I use that word deliberately, and ignore the changes that are happening right now, or you think that this is the end of everything as we know it, and I don't know what's gonna happen next and I'm just going to panic. Both of those I would argue are extremes and the answer is somewhere in the middle. The, the answer is radio didn't kill, uh, uh, TV didn't kill movies, right? Yeah. Internet didn't kill TV or movies. 
streaming didn't kill movie theaters, like all of these industries adapt and evolve as the technology comes out there. So it's going to be a willingness. And I say this as probably the least technical person out there. Um, if I can adapt, I think anybody can adapt. Uh, I see AI and the coming technological shifts as, you know, if you're willing to experiment with it and see how it can amplify and augment and help what you're doing versus resisting it or decrying it, then you're going to be at a strategic advantage. Do I know what that looks like? No, I am. But I watch the technical leaders in my life and uh, I follow their smart ideas. And I th that's a smart thing, too. You don't have to be everything to be an expert. I don't have to actually be the person that sets up the email automations, monitors the back end, sets up all the analytics reports and things like that. I know how to read them, but I've got people that can do all of the technical stuff for me. And the same thing applies here. As the tech is advancing, I've got leaders that I can look to who tell me how they're experimenting with the technology so that I can start to form opinions on and experiments of my own about how I'm going to use this. So I would advise, you know, as we're looking into the future, um, you know, find your people who are speaking your language, who are experimenting with this, do your own experiments, and, and just above all, be willing to adapt. It's not a world anymore where we can come up with one strategy that is going to work for the next 40 years, and we can just ride that thing all the way into retirement. It, it doesn't work that way anymore. Um, but the good news is, with the speed of evolution, one thing hasn't really changed, and that is how humans connect and interact. And so if you can get really good at communicating, building relationships, solving problems, you're going to have all of the foundation for success that you could possibly ever need right there, along with adaptability and resourcefulness. Whew, you are all set with those traits, my friend. I love it. Yeah, love it. A hundred percent. I couldn't agree more with that because, you know, uh, for example, if you are waiting that SEO will be dead, yeah, SEO will be dead. But how long does it take? I don't know. If you have experience with SEO, you can adapt to a new environment much mm -hmm. faster. If you can create content for LinkedIn, uh, whatever will happen, uh, what uh, any new social media, if you have experience, you can adapt much faster. And marketing yep. is a quickly changing world. So we need to adapt to learn faster. But it's uh, much simpler to do it with experience. Without experience, it's like to start from scratch. But if you have experience, you can find ways how to uh, take new technologies and go ahead with that. I love it. Yes. It's a big pleasure. A big pleasure to get in Marshall, to learn from you. Tell our audience the best way how to reach out to you, how to learn more about you, how to follow you. Awesome. I have a site called permissiontokickass.com along with a podcast of the same name. I would love if you would subscribe to the podcast, rate, review, subscribe. Um, if you want to find out about how to work with me, that's at permission to kickass.com. There's a tab about working with me. I do offer personal coaching um, along with some other resources to help you grow your business. So, and I want to tie, I want to call attention to one remarkably brilliant thing that you said. You said a lot of brilliant things, but this thing I wanted to just re- highlight for anybody that's listening you do not have to be perfect to get going how many of you have iphones with a cracked screen and you <laughs> still buy iphones every time they come out and they still i have an android and i have never had a broken screen in my life but people still buy iphones so you do not have to be perfect stop falling into that trap go out there 
make mistakes, fail spectacularly, have a whole lot of fun, and just do the thing. Nice, nice, awesome. Uh, by the way, I hate perfect. I hate it because I know it's impossible to create, but uh, you can have the goal to be perfect. You can go yes. to this way to be perfect, to improve step by step. You never get the final destination, but you can improve step yes. by step. Uh, okay, guys, you can find all the links to Angie Colley in the description below. Um, listen us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again for your time. A big pleasure. I'm going to listen your podcast. Uh, guys, you, you can find the link to Angie podcast uh, in the description as well. So keep learning because you can see a lot of valuable insights. Okay, guys, love you. See you. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.